Hello and welcome back. I'm Steve Jackson and this is Take It to God. Um, in my last episode, episode three, which was part three of a series I had called Ministry, Your Fruit or Foundation, which I would recommend downloading those three episodes because it kind of describes not only that concept but my podcast and, and generally what I'm going to be doing with it. Um, in that last episode, I discussed that I wanted to kind of talk about the logo, which you see on your screen that I um, had created it's actually uh, two ancient Hebrew letters combined. Um, it's the Alf and Tav. Um, and in ancient Hebrew, Alf would be the first letter of the alphabet and Tav would be the last. And um, the reason I chose those two was I was trying to tie in the whole Alpha and Omega, um, which, was, which would be Greek, but um, would, in Hebrew would be the Alf and Tav. And so... Um, these are the Paleo-Hebrew letters that I chose to use. Now, this isn't modern Hebrew. This is Paleo. So uh, you can kind of see on your screen, the alf is the symbol of an ox, and I'll discuss that later. But you'll see uh, a black line drawing on the red line and the two black lines, which represent a show of V. So you have the red line and the two black lines. That is the alf. And then the tav is the blue line and then the bottom tail of the the black line of the two black lines so the blue and the black that equals the top now ironically enough I was as I was designing that I didn't think about it until I stepped back and looked at it but it also looks like the number 14 and you can see that with the the red line being the one and then the two black lines and the blue line being the four and um, I was really intrigued by that uh, and of course, 14 is 7 plus 7, so you have two uh, numbers of perfection, 7, uh, combined. And in the Jewish tradition, and even you know, in, in pretty much every tradition, numbers obviously mean something. But specifically with the Jewish tradition, you'll see that the number 14 represents deliverance and salvation. Um, so I just found that interesting. It wasn't something planned, and I felt like Yahweh was pointing that out like, aha, now we have an extra meeting. So, And usually anything I create, especially with Yahweh and what we do, there's always four or five different layers to what's being created. Um, it might be conscious and it might be subconscious. I just never know until after it's it's been created. Also in the design, um, each one of those lines is actually made up of really small text um, of verses that I picked, either representing uh, Yeshua as being the Messiah, and one of them is uh, referencing the, the spring and fall feasts of Yahweh, which would be in Leviticus 23. Um, and then also yet another layer is, um, at least with the color scheme that I chose, at least with the red and the blue, um, represents the blood and the water, which poured out of the side of um, Yeshua when he was crucified. And uh, that obviously has significant meaning when it comes to being the sacrificial lamb. Um, and there's tons of studies on that. And at some point in time in the near future, I'll probably give you a list of uh, some of the uh, references that I use for this information. Now, like I said, I, I want to take a little bit of time and uh, discuss uh, not only that logo, but also some of the ancient Hebrew letters. It's amazing how um, Yahweh has, has, has used these letters to represent a story. Um, if you think about it, this is, this is not a uh, weird concept. Uh, we do it all the time. Um, anybody who designs a logo or anything like that, usually ingrained inside that logo um, is some kind of message. Um, Baskin Robbins actually had that. 
um, if you have you have the B and the R, and if you look um, the way that they do the coloring, uh, the the circular part of the B and then the uh, the tall part of the R actually makes the number 31, which is the 31 flavors that they have. So ingrained inside that is a message. And uh, if we're created in Yahweh's image, obviously we have a little bit of that in ourselves. So we can see that, that Yahweh does that consistently also with his letters. Um, and what he creates is he also has so many intricate meanings. And if we have only one or two, you know he's got to have 150 minimum, at least in a lot of these different things because of his creativity. Um, so I'm going to just kind of go over uh, the first five letters. Um, first of all, I'm going to say that uh, there's a, a good friend of mine who uh, we've decided we're going to uh, keep their name uh, anonymous for uh, for the time being because we both sense that that's kind of what Yahweh wants us to do. Um, but when it comes to the research on these letters, uh, the it's a 90% of it is... Um, from them. And so I want to credit them without using their name just to say that it's a good chunk of this is is their research um, that they've done uh, throughout the years. And so I want to give them a little credit. And if Yahweh reveals to you who those people are, well, then there's a purpose for it, but I will not do that here. <laughs> um, so anyways, let's start with the first letter, ALF. Um, and uh, on the screen, you'll kind of see, I'm going to show both the ancient Hebrew design and the modern Hebrew design. Um, and a lot of this research is based off of the, the paleo Hebrew designs um, when it comes to these verses, which is probably what it would have been written in. This alpha letter uh, is the first letter. It is a silent letter. It makes no sound. Um, but usually if it's at the beginning of the word, it'll probably have an ah sound depending on the vowel marking that's underneath it, and there's a lot of information on that. Um, but usually inside the word, it'll either point towards how the vowel should close out, um, but usually it's it's silent in general and just denotes how something is supposed to be said. Similar to the word make, where the E is, is defining how the A should sound and is never actually pronounced. Alf represents the ox, and in ancient times it is a symbol of strength and strong power. And uh, Yahweh is that silent letter Alf, eternally existing, all alone, as one person, as the letter Alf is the number one. And it is the beginning. And so Alf represents God by himself. All right, let's look at the next letter, which is Baith. Now, Baith is actually uh, the second letter of the alphabet. It also represents the number two. And it also represents a house in such that Elohim created two houses, the heavens and the earth. And also he built a house for you and him to live in together. We always talk about how there's a mansion that's waiting for us. Um, and so he's built that house and a desire that he wanted companionship. Uh, he didn't want to be just alone. He created that house so that he could be with us. So that intimacy level is in that letter. Interestingly enough, um, Baith is the first letter um, in the scriptures. Um, in the beginning, um, that whole phrase is Bereshith. And the Baith, the first letter, represents the, the word in or on, um, kind of a conjunction there. All right, the next letter is the Gimel, which is uh, obviously the third letter in the alphabet. It obviously represents the number three, but it also represents camel. Often this is tied into being in the wilderness. Um, specifically, this kind of ties in with uh, uh, John the Baptist or Yohanan, 
that's uh, how you would pronounce it in Hebrew, and how he was in the wilderness, crying out in the wilderness. And what was he dressed in? Camel skin hair. Um, so uh, it's kind of an interesting little tie in there. Now, Gimel is also um, represents a crowd. Um, the letter Gimel is Yahweh's extroverted personality, talking in a group of people. And so the letter Baith is in between being one and then two being intimate and then three being that large crowd. It shows Yahweh's completeness. And three obviously also represents the perfect picture of Yahweh being the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. And number three is the first letter of completion. Um, and it's also the three days and three nights that uh, Messiah uh, spent in the grave inside the earth. The next letter um, is the Daleth, and Daleth is the number four, but it also represents a door. And you see in this picture, it's a closed door, meaning that we've closed ourselves off to Yahweh. We've closed ourselves off to Yeshua in general, and that he sits and knocks at the door to try to open it so that we can enter into relationship with him. Now, there's an interesting use um, of Daleth, and, and, and that is the fact that David, King David, or Dawid, the symbols that make up his name, the short version, is a door, a hook, and a door. Now, the hook is the sixth letter of the alphabet, and it's called a vav. So, you know, as you have this door, a hook, and a door, which is interesting because the word David or Dawid means loving. That's part of the definition. And so what's interesting about it is you have uh, two doors, and so you have the door of man, and you have Yahweh knocking at that door. And so you have the hook in between. So you have these two closed off uh, doors. Now, what's interesting about this is that if you turn one of those doors around, the hook, drawing the two together, drawing the two doors together, you have this combination of both of the doors, both facing opposite, but they interconnect now. Now they're one. And that is the Star of David. That's the six-pointed Star of David. So that lovingness is actually those two doors coming together of Yahweh coming and meeting man and them becoming an intimate connection. So that hook draws them together. It's interesting how Yahweh actually uses that symbolism to get a message across. So names really, really, really do mean something to him. And they really represent something very important depending on the situation. Now, the last letter I'm going to go over is Hey, and it's the fifth letter. And this represents uh, an open window with wind blowing through it. In Hebrew, the word for wind is ruach, and ruach also means a spirit. Now, the letter he is the same sound as the letter H, so ha. And when you pronounce the sound, it comes out as a breath. The letter he is the picture of the breath or wind of the spirit of Yahweh. Now, another interesting thing is the name of Abraham or Abraham. And originally it was Abram. But when you actually draw out the letters, the difference between the two names is this letter, hey, which is added. So you get Abraham. So I find it very interesting that when Yahweh does this, he changes the name very specifically for a very specific purpose to present a message. And in this particular one with Abraham, it's I'm adding my spirit. And that is what's going to be different about your name. Now, this section is, is kind of my opinion on some of this stuff. Um, I had a very interesting uh, thought one day when I began thinking about, you know, if, if the Hebrew language truly, truly is 
Yahweh's language. If that was if that was Yahweh breathed, and He was the one who who placed this language um, and gave it to Adam and Eve, and it's continued on from there. If this truly is that language, then I think to some extent that's the language that Yahweh uses, and that we never truly, 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 truly hear his voice because he can't speak our languages because we have so many pagan gods intertwined with our language, especially with any Germanic language where it, it, where it pulls off of Greek and such. You have a lot of pagan names just immediately associated with that. And Yahweh talks about how I don't want you to have those names on your tongue the names of these pagan gods, and yet our language just promotes it. So sometimes I, I begin to think, and this is not a word from Yahweh where this is this is truth and this is how it works, but I think to some extent, it's not that we don't hear from him but I because I, I believe that he is talking to us, but I believe to some extent he has to use his angels to actually interpret it out. Like his angels are able to speak to us in that language and say, this is what Yahweh's saying. Because to hear Yahweh would be to hear him in that native tongue of Hebrew. And not that he's not saying something to his people consistently. And even when we get words from Yahweh, I believe that they are words from him, that that he's trying to communicate to us something. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we're actually hearing him speak. So anyways, that's just kind of an interesting thought that I've had. Um, and I'd be curious if, if Yahweh expounds upon that in, in the coming months. And also, I find it interesting, um, there is this controversy over the, the actual pronunciation of yod heh vav heh, which Yahweh or Yehovah, because some people look at it differently, especially with the, the vowels and the consonants, and you'll get two very intelligent people um, who both have studied Hebrew, and they can both look at it and say, no, I believe it's this way, no, I believe it's this way. And, and I find that interesting because the Jewish law inevitably took the name Yahweh out. They said, we're never going to use it because it's too holy. And to say that would be blasphemy. So we're going to use God or any other name except for Yahweh, the yod heh vav any other name except for that. So because they were disobedient and pulled it out, now you have this controversy where there was very little oral tradition to pass it on. So you have people not quite sure how to say his name anymore. And, and I think that shows the sin of the leaders has affected us because we can't without a doubt say his name is Yahweh versus Yehovah. And so now we have this battle that I don't think probably Yahweh intended for it to be. So just another interesting tidbit on that is that, um, you know, they sinned by taking it out. And so now we have this uncertainty in our lives as to what is the name of the God that we serve. His name is not God. That's an indefinite title. It's either Yahweh or Yehovah, and depending on what camp you're talking to, you get two different opinions, and both very valid opinions. But I think Yahweh uses that, um, as he says, you know, Yahweh uses all things for his glory. I think Yahweh uses that uncertainty to force us to go to him and say, what is our relationship, Yahweh? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to call you? And I think that's an interesting battle because it forces us to go to him and ask him. Instead of just debating it amongst ourselves, let's go to him and ask him. And once again, this all goes back to the title of my podcast, which is Take It to God. You've got to take it to Yahweh. You've got to go to him and say, 
What do you want me to do with this? That's the whole point. Like I said, nothing I've said here should you just take as true fact. Take it to Yahweh. Ask. Do your own research. Try to figure it out. I'm, I'm sure I've messed up certain things, even just in regurgitating some of the studies that um, my friends have done. But that's the point, is that you need to take it to Yahweh. The purpose of this is to kind of get you excited about, wow, there's, there's so much intricacy in Yahweh and what he does. And this is just with the letters. So I can only imagine the intricacy that he has with me personally, my interaction with the world, and his interaction with me and the world. I mean, there's just so much depth to him. But all of this stuff needs to be taken back to Yahweh, and you have to ask him, how does this apply to me and my everyday thinking about you? And in that, it builds a relationship. And that's the point of all of this. That is the only point of all of this, is so that you build a relationship with Yahweh. So I think I'm going to stop here. Um, If there's any questions that you have, obviously there's the email that's on the screen. Feel free to email me if you have any thoughts or questions or concerns. Um, I'd be glad to to hear from whoever wants to send anything. In my next episode, I I plan on talking a little bit about the, uh, the book, The Coming Insurrection. I found it very interesting on my first read through it. And I want to kind of give my take on what I believe Yahweh's been showing me about that book. Um, And not necessarily the overall theme of the rioting and mob behavior that's kind of taken over our world. But I want to go behind it and show uh, some interesting things about how the enemy interacts with us and how we are very easily deceived and some of the tactics that he used and and how I can see it in this book uh, very clearly in my opinion. And like I said, always remember, take it to Yahweh. Ask him about what his opinion is of all this information and how it applies to you. So we'll see you next week. Thank you.